Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast, brought to you by the Amador Whiskey Company. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined, as always, by... This is Big Kurt here. Big Kurt, you on Twitter. I am on Twitter. I'm Big Kurt on Twitter at B1GKURT. And I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. Thank you so much for listening and downloading the podcast. Mini sapotical that we took. Kurt's been traveling. He's had stuff going on. Yeah. And that's how we're going to start. The pod. So, so the pod will be Kurt's mm-hmm. gonna tell us about his trip. Mm-hmm. We got a pizza talk. Yeah, that's a week or two old, but we'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, a couple other things, and then it's going to essentially be an entire podcast of housekeeping, which will be transfer portal, uh, NFL draft awards, awards, coaching stuff, coaching changes, lots yes. of stuff, lots yep. of stuff we're gonna do. So we will start out with your trip to Nashville. Yeah, I took a little trip. Nash Vegas, Nashville, Tennessee. It was kind of a bucket list thing. So, as you know, I love Bill King of the Bill King Show. 20-second timeout. I've had a lot of questions of people asking me how it is that you've gotten to know Bill. Can you give us a little crib notes version of how that's gone down over the years? Yeah, sure. So, I started listening to Bill probably 2005, 2006, when I first got my Sirius XM, although it did not happen initially. I didn't know there was this college sports channel. I didn't earlier, even know it. It was the early slot, wasn't it? Well, he was early slot initially at this point. So I'm flipping through the channels, and I, holy crap, a college sports channel? This is crazy. Mm-hmm. And I hear Bill's, you know, yeah. his silky baritone voice. And I'm like, I just start laughing. I'm like, oh, they found a radio guy to do a college football sports show. Can't wait to hear him tell me about college football. And so I stopped. And after five minutes, I'm like, oh, well, he's not a dummy. He knows what he's talking about. And then like five more minutes, like, oh, this guy actually is yep. pretty good. Yep. By the time I listened to him for half hour, I thought he was probably the most, had the, the, the most encyclopedic college football brain I'd ever heard. Encyclopedic brain. And then I never felt like he had too much favoritism for or against anybody, which no. is a talent. It is a talent because I listened to him literally for years and had no idea. I kind of had a guess. My guess wasn't incorrect, but it wasn't fully right either. Of I, who his team was is what you're saying. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. I still don't know. It's Tennessee. Oh, okay. It was Tennessee. I'm not sure he's really, I don't think he's really a fan anymore. I think he's just like more of a, you know, yep. an observer. Yep. And I think, so I, I talked to his kids for quite a while, which was quite an experience. Two of his kids, Cameron and Brandon. Cameron's the older. And it was funny because Brandon really didn't know the answer. He said, talked about his dad going to Tennessee. And I'm like, Tennessee? He went to Lipscomb. He goes, oh, he, he did? I'm like, yeah, he graduated from Lipscomb. <laughs> Typical stuff where kids don't even really know where their kid was. He's like, well, went. I think he started at Tennessee and then went, which I think actually may be true. So, But okay. I think he grew up a UT fan. Okay. So you, like a lot of us, we, we've liked Bill for a long time, but you got on his show years ago, predates yeah. guys on big podcasts. Yeah, it does. But I had been interacting with him on Twitter during the show. I never would call in, but if he had a topic, I would participate by tweeting and he would always read my name and you know, whatever. So I was going down to Ve- uh, Vegas, Nash Vegas, Nashville in 2016, April, 2016, I was going down for a guy's trip. Just so happened the one day he doesn't broadcast from home was a day that I was going to be in town. He would broadcast from the Omni Nashville Hotel from Kitchen Notes, the restaurant. So I said, Bill, I'm going to be in town. And he said, well, come on down to Kitchen Notes. 
and, you know, just say hi. So I did. I walked in. Nobody else was there. He waves me in as he's on air, goes to a break. I start talking to him and, uh, you know, he, he comes back from the break and he points at the the headphones and I put them on and he put so he put me on air. So it was just like a happenstance thing. And but, I have told people I think it was the genesis of the Eyes on Big podcast. I mean, it might have Got had you. something yeah. to do with it because it was fun, yeah. obviously. And, you know, just talking football is always fun. And, and just kind of a side note, I brought that up to him and he remembered it because I've I've kind of reminded him a couple times on Twitter since then. And, and I said, in fact, you know what it, when it was, it was right after Lovey Smith got hired at Illinois. And here's what he did. He just. His, just hung his head down, head down, head down. <laughs> head down like, like he was just so sorry for me. Nice. Um, so, okay. So then he started in 2018, this yearly get together yep. party bonanza, whatever you want to call it called commitments. And it's around the early signing day. Okay. So he would do a broadcast on early signing day yep. for whatever reason. He didn't do it on early signing day this year. He did it a week earlier than early signing day. So I couldn't go in 2018 because I was married. 2019, couldn't go because my dog was getting sick. I was kind of taking care of him. Uh, 2020, corona happened. And by the way, <laughs> you know what he calls it? <laughs> coronavirus? Uh-uh. Coco. Coco. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Uh. So there was Coco, so it was canceled. And then 21, for whatever reason, they got pushed to early 22, to the late signing day. So it was actually the second commitment of this year. But whatever. I could never go. Finally, this year, I said, it's happening. And so I booked it, went down there. So, okay, I walk in. Bar Lines is another bar at the Omni Nashville Hotel. And I knew that everyone was kind of meeting up there the day before. And then Bill has everyone up to his suite, this palatial suite. And then there's a big party. So all these guys were sitting around drinking beer. And I walk up and they just look at the Illinois on my chest. And they just, everybody could not have been nicer. Literally everybody walked up and shook my hand and introduced themselves to me. Like, I didn't even have to ask cool. for it. Everyone just got it. And they'd tell me who their team was. I'm, this is my name on Twitter. This is my call-in name. I'm, Shout I'm, out to Hawkeye Jason Kemp, right? He okay, was... so I've got a list of people okay. I want to talk about. Jason Kemp, he, and I'd forgotten this, he had DM'd me, said, I have a present for you when you come down. And I said, oh, okay, great. I show up the morning of the broadcast, and there's an Illini bar clock sitting right in nice. front of Bill as he's broadcasting. Nice. And I look... I look at Jason. What's that there for? He goes, it's for you. (laughs) He had bought me a gift. So thank you, Jason. You're the man, Jason. Kemp, also known as Hawkeye Jason. Um, Met a Michigan fan, Danny in NYC. He's a New York City cop. Got along famously, even though he's a Michigan fan. I gave him a little crap at at the, the, the party on Tuesday night. Everyone, everybody in the whole suite, 50 people, went around and introduced themselves. And I introduced myself, and I pointed at Danny. I said, and we beat you guys this year. Um, okay, Tom in Fort Myers, Ohio State guy. So he was really actively trying to get me and the other Big Ten guys to recruit Big Ten people to come down to this. Sure. So okay. hopefully this inspires people to do that because we had representation from Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, Iowa, Illinois. That was it. Okay. We, we'll get a Nebraska guy down for sure. I, I hope so. Yeah. Aliquippa Bob, he's a Penn State fan. Great guy. A lot in common with him. He's a regular caller. Let's see. Met a, oh, Mich- there was a Michigan State fan also at, at the party only, not at the broadcast. That was Chris and his lovely wife, Holly. Pac-12 Dave was fantastic. 
he would fit in. We should have him a guest yeah. as a guest, actually, because yeah. all he did was like it was us versus them. You know, he's a wazoo guy. Got so he's, wazoo, he okay. saw me gravitate. USC or UCLA would be even better. I guess it would be, yeah. but he's a wazoo guy. So he's like, we got to get more people. He was recruiting people, too, you know, to to against these SEC folk. And then Armageddon, who if you listen to my segment, Armageddon was standing right in front of me and Bill as we're broadcasting. And he's this real outgoing guy. So he was like talking to Bill as he's trying to broadcast. Okay. And Bill mentions him and mentions that he was banned from Vandy's camp. He's a <laughs> yeah. Vandy fan. He yeah. grew up. He told me all about it. My dad And I thought Vandy. he brought up a good point. Like he, Bill said something to the effect of it must be hard to get banned from a Vanderbilt. Yeah, I'm uh, like, and no, you're like, no, I would think it would be pretty easy. They've, they're kind of highbrow. I've been banned from much worse places than <laughs> than Vandy. So anyway, and, and Armageddon picked a lot of these folks up at the airport because that's what he does. That's his part time job. And so Bill mentions as we were on air, just make sure you don't get a ride from Armageddon to the airport. So, of course, that's exactly what I did the next okay, morning. Okay. And I asked him, so why are you banned from Vandy's campus? And he's like, oh, man. That's just Bill exaggerated. I'm not banned from campus. Now, if I do go to a football, baseball, or basketball game, I will get arrested. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. (laughs) And he's petitioning the university to get unbanned from athletic events right now. So I told him if he needs a reference for that. That's great. <laughs> he he uh, stormed the court and got in the Arkansas basketball player's face with. Don't the, do that. Typically. With, with the bird up. Yeah. When, by the way, nobody else is storming the court. Yeah. Okay, and then Bill was great. Um, I mentioned Bill's kings, Bill King, um, or Bill's kids. I'm sorry. So there was one incident. There was this guy with a super thick Southern accent, and he sees me walk up in my Illinois gear. He's got three big mason jars in front of him. Oh, boy. I, I, know, I know where this is going. He's like, you want some moonshine? I'm like, uh, well, I, I guess so. One in Rome. And there's three jars. One was clear, and they're all labeled. The clear one is labeled the clear. And then there's an apple one, and there's a butterscotch one. Well, you know that's not my style. Right. So I go, I'll do the clear. And his face just like, yeah. oh, he's going to do the clear. Nice. Do the clear. Yeah. And so I took a shot of the clear, and he goes, Illinois does the clear and he's kept screaming it. We're in the suite and he's screaming, Illinois, the clear, the clear (laughs) kept saying a big tan does the clear. That was hilarious. It was atrocious by the way. I chased it with all I had was a bourbon in my hand. It's all I could chase with. I chased booze, booze with booze for the first time in my life. It was so bad. There's two, there's two drinks I've in my life that I've only had once. Moonshine and absinthe. There's actually a bottle of absinthe right behind you that my buddy Heath got okay. me. They're both atrocious. Yeah, I mean, I took a big swig of bourbon and swished it around in my mouth to, <laughs> to get, get the. T- it was so bad. Moonshine, nice. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of what else happened. I talked to Jason Kemp forever. I mean, we basically sat next to him during the five-hour broadcast, which is a long show for right. him. And I probably talked to Jason for three hours. Like I said, Aliquippa Bob, me and him hit it off really well. We talked a lot. And Every- then shout out and then shout out to Perk too. You saw Perk. Oh yeah. How yep. can I forget yep. Perkins? So Perkins, who helps us out with the spreadsheet to do our predictions every year, because we're not smart enough to do it. He automates everything. So you put a W here, it populates an L over there, et cetera, et cetera. Had to thank him. So bought him dinner, had a few cocktails. And the cocktails from the place you picked were Amador. 
Oh, that's right. Yes, right. <laughs> how could I even forget that? They had amateur whiskey there. Yeah. yeah. I tell you how I can forget because I was a little tipsy at that point. <laughs> yeah. um, I had gone to a honky tonk for a couple hours nice. before that. So anyway, had a blast. I'm Man. St- I'm still kind of recovering, to be honest. Yeah. But that's what so, trips are supposed to be fun you, you know a little bit hard to r- recall everything you did it man but i'll just say to everybody if you're listening to this if you love college football this is a great event the commitments you just hanging out with a bunch of co- and there were georgia fans alabama fans a lot of tennessee fans you name it. surprisingly no lsu By the way, gators this scene, is everybody wearing something okay that, that... I'm, I'm glad you brought this up because as i walk into bar lines i knew they were supposed to be there and i look around and i saw a big group but hardly anybody is wearing any gear hmm. i'm wearing my alina yeah stuff, i'd be wearing because i want gear. them oh. to know who my team is and i'm like god oh, that can't be them like i saw a georgia cap you know but not much else yeah so i said to the bartender where are they at and he was like yeah that's them so i had to walk up to somebody that wasn't wearing any gear and say, hey, I'm Kurt, and who's your team? Surprisingly, very little gear. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that that shocked should me. should almost be it's, it's like a Christmas party. Like, you're kind of expected to wear something festive. What's well, like going uh, to a work event, be... and you wear the name tag. Yeah, you yeah. got to wear a name tag. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, again, stuff. If, you're, if you're a college football fan and love hanging out with other college football fans, I had a blast. So literally, from the time I got there till the time it, it ended was amazing. I mean, I there was parts of it that you were sharing, you know, online or that got shared and it wound up getting a lot of, not a lot, but you know, a, a decent amount of Twitter activity. And then people DMing me and texting me like, where's Kurt at? How, you know, so it's good that you explained it. Yeah. And Bill knows me. So I got on air, but it, like, let's say, I don't know, let's say an Indiana fan decides to show up next year. I'm sure Bill would say, oh, there's Absolutely. an Indiana fan. Yeah, Let's right. get him on the on the air. So, like, if you wanted to be on the radio, I'm sure you could. And uh, let's give the the podcast a, a plug. It is it is not hard to find at all. Or the Bill, I... Bill King Show. So they, he's got an app, WNSR, I WNSR, say. there you go. The, his, the station has an app. So just look up WNSR. Yep. It comes up on Apple. I know that. Um, and then... All the obviously all the content is on there, not just the Bill King show, but yep. you can specifically find the Bill King show. So you can listen live on the app. You can also listen, uh, you know, pre-recorded. There you go. Yeah. Nice, man. Yeah. Well, there so, you go. And so if you look up the episode, the commitments episode, I was somewhere in the middle of hour yeah, three. I think three. Hour yeah, it was hour three. Yep. You did a good job. It was yeah, a good thank interview. you. Nice yeah. job, Just and, and Bill's easy to talk to. Oh, dude. I mean, it's just Stud. shooting the shit with them. Silky smooth. He's the best, man. Yep. No, nobody's better. Nobody nope. knows more about college football, and nobody's better I mean, at talking I, about it. You know, like, uh, when I first started listening to Bill, probably about the same time you did, um, and I didn't know it at the time, but that was some of the best sports talk radio that yeah. we were ever going to get. It's one of those things you can't really appreciate until, until it's gone. gone. Yeah. And I remember when when Bill was gone from ESPN Radio, I'm like, wait, what? They yeah. took – and Bill was early, Yeah. and most of the time when I hit the road – and, and that sales job that I had, um, about a third of the time it would be early. And I remember yeah. one of the, you know, obviously I want to set early meetings because, you know, it's good for business. But I just remember, like, if somebody had a nine o'clock meeting that was an hour away, I'm like, nice. That means I'm going right. to listen to Bill. Of course. Yep. Yeah, so it would go from Bill, the, the, the silky smooth sounds of Bill King, into Chris Childers <laughs> screaming into the microphone. And then from there, a transition into Braden. Yep. And yep. then I can't remember who was on. Jack Root was on at one point there for a while. Well, we've already had Braden on the podcast. You've been on Bill's. 
we'll, we will formally invite Bill King onto our podcast right now, obviously. Yeah. And you know what? I bet Bill would do it. Would love that. I've had a couple of people bring that up to me. Like, you guys should have Bill on. I'm like, absolutely. We should have him on. Yeah. I yeah. could probably reach out to him okay. and ask him. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Childers would be I'm, a tougher reach. I don't. Yeah. I. Is I don't I don't have Sirius anymore, so I don't even yeah. know if he's still on it or not. And I I guess this is as crappy. There's no way to transition to this because uh, now we, we go from the high of, uh, of what you just uh, picked out to us to the lows of of the fact that Chris Childers was actually co-host to yeah. Mike Leach, uh, who died yeah. just recently, 61. Um, sucks, you know. It was Sunday night. Everybody started hearing on Twitter that mm. something bad happened and you could tell by the tone yeah on twitter because nothing just nothing was coming out nothing was good yeah. well, I, well and if it did come out it was it didn't sound yeah it good. just kept getting more and more serious and they announced it was um critical heart attack. and I, you know i'd forgotten about him working at sirius xm yeah for whatever reason he in was his, gold too it was gold in his time between texas tech and wazoo that's when he worked there yep. it was probably i don't know maybe a year i'm not even sure it was that long but Bill got to know him very well, and so we did do a moment of silence in the suite for... Because it would have been right after people got word that he had officially passed. Yeah, it was the next day, so this was Tuesday. When did he pass? Was it Monday or Sunday? I, I, I think it was I, announced, yeah, Monday night. Okay, so it was fresh. And then Pac-12 Dave, who was the Wazoo fan that I talked yeah. about, he was pretty broke up about it, too. Um. I don't know what to say. Uh, obviously, a lot of it has been said this week already. I guess the thing that I just keep thinking about is it is just crazy to me that the most uh, unique personality in all of college football coaches is the one that passes. And it just blows my mind. You know, like, yeah. obviously, you know, Saban, everyone knows Saban because of its success and Dabo because he's Dabo and things like that. It's just weird. But y- you get past the top five or eight coaches and all of the coaches kind of sound the same. Right. Let's let's be honest, you know, but he was unique and like my favorite, everybody's got their favorite leechisms. Um, We have joked. And and he was such a personality that even on this big 10 podcast with him being a big 12 PAC 12 and sec coach, we would still bring him up sure. just because he was that much of a presence in college football. And he would say a lot of inflammatory things at times, but yet everyone seemed to like him no yeah. matter. He pulled it off. Yeah. You want to know why? Because he was genuine and he was just being Mike Leach. Yeah, I guess. I think. Maybe. Uh, my favorite thing is that two-minute clip where anybody could ask him anything. That was the thing. Like You could ask him five straight football questions and then just – mix in something about Halloween candy and it was, he wouldn't miss a beat. He would talk, he started talking about Halloween candy and the, my favorite one, I don't know where it came from, but he, somebody asked him about weddings and one of his players, oh, yeah. I think. And he's like, well, the first thing you have yeah. to know is the mom and the bride are going to lose their ever loving <laughs> mind. Yeah. And, and it's just like, love it. Love it. And everything he says in that rant is a hundred percent true. hundred percent true. Um, so I read this book on him called The Perfect Pass. Well, it's not about him. It's more about Hell Mummy, but obviously he plays into it. And it's about the history of the air raid offense. And I just remember this: a new quarterback would come into the quarterback room, and they just wouldn't be ready for it. And he would just be talking about pirates or right. whatever interest he had that, that week. And the new quarterback would look around like, 
are we ever going to talk about football? Right. And they'd be like, eh, we get, we'll get we just don't, we don't do a whole lot of that. Yep. Yep. <laughs> but somehow he wins football games with doing that. Because he simplifies it down. And I mean, th- there was an article a year and a half ago on The Athletic where they essentially assembled, I don't think it was a current, but I think it was recent and, you know, a bunch of ex-quarterbacks. And they essentially said, what was it like? to be in a quarterback meeting room with Mike Leach. And they all told their stories. It's one of my, not just my favorite reads from the athletic. It's one of my favorite reads of all time from, from, you know, sports and college football. Um, And I just remember one of the inserts was essentially, it was a big game. There was a big game coming up and it was one of the more important film sessions. They never talked about football one time. He, he just went on and ran on. I don't remember even what the, the okay. topic was. And the, and the quarterback was like a junior senior quarterback. And he really wanted to, you know, go through film. And at the end, he's like, coach, you know, like, what about the film? And it had been paused on one play for like an hour and a half. Right, right. And he turned around and he goes, that's the open guy. Why the bleep wouldn't you throw it to him? Right, right. All right, let's get out to practice. And obviously, <laughs> Mummy started the, the air raid as we know it. But... He, Mike was the offensive coordinator, so he had a lot to say. So, I mean, like you said, dumb everything down. They they didn't want any more than about eight plays in their playbook. Yep. They didn't practice plays to both sides of the field. They only would go to one side of the field to get more reps because it was all about reps. How many reps can you get in? Um, All he cared about in terms of quality from a quarterback, he wanted him to be smart, obviously. Fast release and accurate. That's it. Correct. Doesn't care how strong I mean, your arm is. It's a little bit paint by numbers as far as offense, but it works. Obviously, He's, he, I mean, the success he had at Oklahoma was incredible. Yeah. You know, right to Texas Tech. I mean, that Texas Tech Texas game is one of the mm. all time Michael Crabtree at the end of the one of the all time best college football games ever. I mean, it just really was. He had success at Wazoo. He had success at Mississippi State. So, anyways, uh, college football lost a big one. As we as we have alcohol in front of us, cheers. Yes. Cheers. There we go to Mike Leach. All right, moving on to the next topic, uh, which is one of those topics that you know probably wind up getting the most uh, interaction because it, it, it's food related, of course. So Damian Scott at Mad Scientist FF, one of those guys that he he throws out topics, you know, votes, whatever. Yeah. yeah. And the the tweet he put out. So this is all the, way, all the way back on December 6th. Which of these styles of pizza is the best? And he listed off New York, Detroit, Chicago, and St. Louis. Yep. So I listed out my favorite in order, even though he didn't ask for it. And I put, I, I actually said, going to be unpopular, but number one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Lu- going to yeah, be yeah, unpopular, yeah, yeah. not for the reason you thought. <laughs> number one, St. Louis. Number two, New York. Number three, Detroit. Number four, Chicago. Now. It helps to have the picture of the pizza yeah. in front of you. In my defense, let's be honest, when you are breaking down pizza, every pizza typically has meat, pizza sauce, and cheese, right? Yes. Meat, pizza sauce, and cheese. The vehicle to get it into your mouth is where the biggest differentiating is from, right. a.k.a. The, the crust. Yep. I took that tweet as essentially a crust tweet okay well i mean it kind of is a crust tweet it is kind of a crust tweet yeah thank you yeah and you look at the picture of st louis and it looks like a crispy flat yet not 
you know, cardboard not, flat. Not disgusting? Yes. Flat yes. but not disgusting yes. is what it looks like, yeah. <laughs> because if it's too flat, it's disgusting. No, it's, it's not how flat it is or how thin the crust is. It's, it's it go- There's there's flat, disgusting pizza. Keep going with okay. your, and then I'll get Long into it. Long story short, I thought it was a crust thing. So my thing is there was pizza in Iowa City at the airliner that I hated. Everybody loved it because okay. we had Chicago people all over the place. And I finally one day was like, okay, I'm going to go get this airliner pizza. And it was a doughy mess. It, okay. was, it was like the crust was three inches thick of like, it was just, it was almost like hmm. uncooked dough. And then it was like, and, and so like somebody tweeted at me, uh, that Pete, that Chicago pizza is a pizza. It's lasagna undercooked. And I'm like, yes. Yeah. So that's how I took it. New York is like the flippy floppy slice yeah. style, which I which I love. I do too. Uh, Detroit is kind of a thicker. Detroit's crust. a thicker crust, but it's a lighter crust than a Chicago. I also like that. And they put the sauce on top of the cheese. If you go to if you get a good Detroit pizza, it's okay. excellent. Now, what and I, a crispy cheese around the edge too. Okay, let me now. I want to give the 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 microphone to you. Okay. What I thought St. Louis, what it was, well, it I, was not. How about tell I just me say, what St. Louis is? No, I'm going to tell you what my tweet is. It has become obvious to me that you've never had St. Louis pizza. <laughs> Best time to delete this now. Which and the people that came in at me oh, that yeah. were like, it was it was nine to one, dude. How could you possibly put St. Louis first? It's horrible. There was like one person or two people. Yeah, on, there was know, a couple, and right. I, sh- I shamed them. So I lived in St. Louis for five years. I moved down there. Everyone kept asking me, have you had St. Louis pizza yet? No, no, no. Well, one night I wanted pizza. Okay, it's time to order a St. Louis-style pizza. The big chain down there is called Emo's. Order an Emo's pizza. Right away you get it, and it doesn't smell right. It smells <laughs> – I'm serious. It doesn't smell like pizza. And so that was my first clue. Second clue, I open it up. It doesn't look right. The cheese is a color that I... And really, smell and, and aesthetics are two important things to if you enjoy a, a meal. It's a smell that... or it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a color that you can only recreate, I think, in St. Louis on that pizza of cheese. The color of the cheese. So I'm, I'm curious, though. And I pick it up. And I take a bite. I start chewing it. I spit it out. I drop the piece, I close up the box, and I throw it in the garbage, and I ordered a real pizza. Are you serious? <laughs> yes, it's that, that bad. bad. So it is... Now it, explain why it's that bad as quick as you okay. can. Okay, it's very thin crust, which is fine, but the crust, it's not good crust, I'll say that. It, but the thinness of the crust has nothing to do with how bad it is. Imagine taking, like a, well, okay, kind of like, <laughs> it's more, it's got a saltine cracker um, kind of feel taste and feel to it like it's not i don't okay. know something's off about it but imagine smearing ketchup over that but like just like you put ketchup on it but then you smear most of it off like scrape most of it off there's hardly any sauce on it and okay. it's bad sauce and then it's covered in provel cheese provel cheese which it, i had never heard of until that tweet and i've seen which i would think would be an offshoot of provolone okay so here's my understanding of provel, provel cheese it's a mix of provolone mozzarella, cheddar, and Swiss. So as you, someone who likes to cook, it's it's the mutt of cheeses. But you know that cheddar and Swiss don't melt well, right? Right? Okay, yeah. 
I mean, have you ever tried to melt cheddar? It just doesn't come out right. That's a good point, yeah. So if you mix together those four cheeses and melt them, it comes up with a consistency that you've, I guarantee you, never had in your life. It's kind of like peanut butter if you mix a little sand in with it. (laughs) Come on. That's the consistency. Well, there's like a gritty... But there's a grittiness to it. Oh God! Okay, it's uh. But then it. It's, by the way, most of my mentions were people wanting me to understand how much they hated Provel cheese. So okay, got, but I've some... also had people tell me that it's <laughs> fake processed cheese. Okay. Okay, so I couldn't honestly. I couldn't tell you the, the St. Louis style uh, pizza do-it-yourself kit. Somebody had a picture of like a, a cardboard box, ketchup, yep. and cheese whiz. Yeah, I think that's what it was. And then when you're chewing it, though, it it feels like peanut butter in your mouth, too. Oh, my God. I mean, it's atrocious. I had no idea. So you were mistaking it with something called tavern-style pizza. Yeah, okay. So real quick, let me just say this. I'm not so proud that I can't admit when I'm wrong. And I could tell right away I did not know what I was talking (laughs) about. No, you didn't. Like, the, the... the people like came at me so quick oh, and yeah. hard and then you jumped in and then yeah. it added more and i'm like i just then at that point i was like i was trying to learn like what is this that's what led me to and and i've heard chicago people talk about this before the difference between chicago deep dish yeah. and chicago tavern style i thought soda style aka minnesota style soda style was Chicago Tavern. Chicago Tavern style pizza, as I've now learned just recently, is my favorite pizza. Yeah. It it's is, great. It's my favorite pizza too. Okay. Like our local pizza joint it's that very, me and you love that our buddy yeah. Patrick loves yeah. is called Leaning Tower of Pizza. Yeah, I love that. That is one. tavern style. Yeah. It's freaking incredible. But so is um Red Savoy's Red tavern Savoy's style. Tavern style. And too. that's and they they have soda style which means you can essentially add cheese and ingredients with no extra cost to the pizza. Oh, I didn't even so know So you that. can say, I want this pizza, double the pepperoni, double the uh, cheese, and it doesn't cost you extra. Oh, interesting. AKA well, Minnesota Nice, stuff like that. But I'm sure those pizzerias got their style from Chicago. Tavern style is known as the traditional style of Chicago pizza. If you go way back to the origin of Chicago pizza. But, okay, that's what's crazy, though. You pull people from outside of Chicago, and I would willing to bet a decent amount of people inside Chicago, yeah. when they say Chicago pizza, it's that deep dish, right. half-baked lasagna. Correct? Right. And it's not never been my big thing, the Chicago deep dish, but that's kind of known as tourist pizza in Chicago. Okay. Like, if you're if you're a Chicagoan, even in the Burbs, I'm talking about all over Chicago, and you want to order pizza, you order a tavern-style pizza. I mean, it'd be... It'd be just a rare occasion. Hey, should we get deep dish tonight? Yeah, okay, let's get deep dish. Okay. There's only one deep dish pl- place I even like in Chicago. What's that? It's Pequod's, and okay. it's amazing. I mean, if you really want great Chicago-style pizza. People were recommending a deep dish-style pizza. Lose. Lose. That's oh, what it was. I mean, it's okay. I don't love it. It's fine. Okay. Ooh, I think some people might might find that. I know. There's, there's, there's a lose cult, I guess okay. you would call it. People that are really loyal to it, All right. I'll eat it. It's fine, I guess. I just would re- prefer tavern style. And tavern style, to me, is cut in squares, is how I typically Oh, it has to be. If it's and, not cut in squares, it's not and, tavern style. And square cut pizza is the cat's pajamas. Man. It's amazing. 
It's, I, it's I, so I much just, easier to eat. It's so much better. Why wouldn't you? Okay. Now, with that being said, I, and I have had a slice of pizza in New York, the floppy. Mm-hmm. Dude, that stuff's good, too. Oh, I love it. It's yeah. so greasy and, like, slides down your throat. Um, and now I'm going to go outside really quickly and, and say the best pizza I've ever had in my entire life is in Rome. Not, not to big oh, okay. time the situation, sure. but um, visited Rome, you know, a long time ago. And how maybe, like, New York and Chicago, like, to get the best dog sausage is on the street, like a street vendor. Sure. That's how Rome is, except it's pizza. Nice. And I don't know how they cook it. I don't I don't care. Don't that care was, what, what health codes they're living up to here. It was incredible. And and I remember some of the people I was with, they're like, Do you like salmon? I'm like, Yeah, I mean I I like salmon. They're like, get the salmon pizza. I'm like, GFY. You yeah. Know? Right. And they're like, get the salmon pizza. <laughs> <laughs> it was incredible i don't anyways that's the best pizza i've ever had once you get to normal pizza situation stateside it's tavern style square cut pizza that's how that's that's how i couldn't agree more and that style started my understanding is the little italy area on taylor street like just immediately south side of chicago and then kind of grew from there and so again that that's we're going back to like i don't know 1940s let's say okay the deep dish didn't really become popular even in Chicago till like the eighties. Like it's a fairly new so thing. Weird. Yeah. Ugh, I don't get it. I loved whoever tweeted at me and said, Oh, that's not pizza. That's undercooked lasagna. That was like perfect for me. So I guess all I'd say to that person is try Pequod's. Okay. It's in Chicago. It's on Webster and Clybourne. All right. You know, what goes good with pizza. Sometimes bourbon. The Eyes on Big Podcast is sponsored by the Amador Whiskey Company. Our unique process takes the highest quality Kentucky bourbon and finishes in California wine barrels. This double barrel aging technique creates characteristics from the individual barrels that are blended together to make an exceptional whiskey. Perfect sip, neat, or in your favorite bourbon cocktail, Amador is the perfect go-to this fall on game day. Amador Whiskey Company, born in Kentucky, raised in California. little color to that last conversation there is I didn't mention I owned a pizzeria. I thought you were actually trying to sidestep that. That's why you No, I yeah, I just yeah. didn't mention it. So that's why I know a little bit of the history there. But also we had one kind of pizza. We had tavern style pizza. Yeah. We didn't it. do deep dish. And I guess that was a question I was gonna ask is did somebody come into your pizza place and say, Well, I'd like a St. Louis style pizza? No. And did you say we don't do that here? Nobody ever said that. Nobody I, ever asked for a St. Louis style no. pizza at your Pizzeria in St. Louis. No, no, in Chicago is, is where my oh, pizzeria I thought was. I thought it was in St. Louis. No. Oh, okay. Never mind. Yeah. That's why I was I was confused. All right. I'm sure they. Well, I maybe they would have assumed it was St. Louis. I don't know. But no, I did not own one in St. Louis. I would never. If I did, I would never tell anybody because they would assume it's St. Louis style. <laughs> All right, that makes sense. Should we move on to some football stuff? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. We could do that. Housekeeping. Mostly for the last two weeks or so, uh, during our sapotical, the the TP, which you know, like I feel like a lot of people call it the TP, and if I'm if I'm gonna be kind of proud, we're the first ones I remember. I feel like I'm we're the first ones I remember calling the TP. Um, Anyways, 
it, it it is obviously dominating what is going on and it's a it is a tp and il there's probably something we could make up in there somewhere i'll try to get creative at some point but it, it's it's tp and i l q i don't know something um, plus <laughs> we're gonna keep drinking through this podcast folks <laughs> sit back um but it, it is I mean, even Ohio State fans are nervous that they're falling falling behind in NIL, which then, of course, yep. has something to do with the TP. But then you also see them getting involved in the TP, which they haven't done a ton of, I guess, up to this point. Like where you're saying, we need to get this and that in the TP. Yeah. I saw that recently. I think mostly what they want to get in the TP is offensive line and defensive backs. When I, they're they're fine everywhere else, but um, the point is, is the reason we're using Ohio State is that even a talent rich area, tradition rich school, obviously, they are going to find voids in their roster, and it's gonna be TP. And to get the TP, typically you need the, the NIL. NIL. Yeah, this is this is college football now. It is, and there was a lot of discussion about this down in Asheville, sure. and I can't say that really anybody's all that happy about it. I would love to pull young coaches, old coaches, coaches somewhere in the middle. I would be willing to bet most of them are not in favor. I didn't hear— Now, there, there would be some that, that are. Don't get me wrong. Probably, but I, I don't remember talking to anybody that was in favor of any of it. Talking, Asking coaches— players and fans how they feel about the tp and nil that is that'd be awesome fishing in three completely different ponds totally but it would be quite the topic right there all right so because we started talking about ohio state now by the way we're gonna break these down by teams this is random as shit like i, I just it's as, just it's as a, it came to me it's potpourri though like it we, is a potpourri. we go to each team and then potpourri what happened with them and then we just move on yeah but there isn't a east or west a alphabetical nope. there's this this is all over the and, and some people and i might be one of them i like things in order a little bit we just don't have that today i'm sorry not even alphabetical it's not even alphabetical and i tell you what i'm not putting timestamps on them listen to the whole thing <laughs> good luck so first team up, who we've already mentioned, is Ohio State. So first thing I would say is offensive coordinator Kevin Wilson. He will take the head coach job at Tulsa. and But he will coach Ohio State's, a.k.a. offensive coordinator, through however long their college football playoff run uh, lasts. So interesting that he takes a head coaching job. I wouldn't think he'd be interested in that. Why not just... You- you just, thought he was done with that. Yeah, just I did too. Be an OC. Why you're gonna make good money, less pressure. It is the most unique situation at Ohio State. You have a plethora of talent yeah. to design plays from, and when something goes wrong, they seem to blame Ryan Day. Correct. There's never been an offensive coordinator in the history of coordinating offenses who isn't the main problem when something goes wrong. Ryan Day is how the, many how many times is the lightning rod right and he takes off how t- how many times this year did you hear people complain about Kevin Wilson zero none not or once close to zero he's right? as invisible as you can be at a high profile program as an offensive coordinator <laughs> I don't get it I I feel like me thinks 
that this is his ego wrapped in like I just need to be the man. He's one of those ego guys. He he's like known for the ego. Yes, correct. He is elite within the elite (laughs) coaching circles of egos. Of egos. So So I guess guess that's got to be it. But I just think he'd be done with that at this point. Anyways, he will he will stick around for the playoffs. Uh, by the way, I mean, I suppose. Uh, another side note: Dustin, Kurt, and I aren't sure how the next podcast is going to go. In that, we are going to break down every Big Ten bowl game. We just don't know if it's going to be just me and Dustin, or it's going to be all three of us. And it could possibly be just Kurt and I. We don't know. We're trying to figure this out. Tune in and find out. Tune in and find out. Um, but. Ohio State has second life in the college football world in their as, universe. As like I like to call it, they're in the Mulligan Bowl. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of a for them. Bowl. It is. Anyway. It's an invitational. Yep. It's an invitational. Uh, speaking of who's going to play in the invitational, it will not be JSN Jackson Smith and Jimbo. Oh, he, like it is the hamstring injuries of all hamstring injuries. Just can't get. Just can't get it healthy. Is it? Is it though? It, it's suspicious, right? A little suspicious. Um, I'm not saying he's faking it. That's not what we're saying. No, like, I, I think he might be just being overly cautious about his NFL future, which, hey, that says right. Dang right, it says right. Yeah. I mean, that, like, it's NIL right. money's great, but right. it's not, it, it does not equal the money that you're going to make in Correct. the NFL. So, by the way, running back Travion Henderson, out for the playoffs. Another, like, you just assumed it was an injury that, he would come back from in yep. eh, two to four weeks. We're eight, nine, whatever weeks out. He is out as well. Um, as far as the the, the TP with Ohio State uh, defensive back Jalen Johnson, he is in the TP and linebacker Taraja Mitchell also gone. So these are guys that I guess Ohio State was hoping that they would have back for the playoffs. If not the playoffs, past that they're not coming back. It is what it is. But they're in on a lot of guys. Indiana. Let's go to the Hoosiers. This is one of the sneakier, better moves that's happened in the offseason. They acquire offensive line coach Bob Bostad, who we have singled out on this podcast as being one of the best unnamed, you know, unknown sure. position coaches in all of Big Ten. He, he was an amazing offensive line coach at Wisconsin. Then he was an amazing linebacker coach at Wisconsin move back to the offensive line this year. Obviously a big coaching change at Wisconsin, which we will get to. And he was out in the free agent market for about six hours is what it seemed like. And crazy Tommy Allen snatched him right up. Yeah. So I, we've complained mightily about the offensive line play for the Indiana Hoosiers last several years here. Darren Hiller was their offensive line coach. Indiana coach or fans have complained mightily about the offensive line coaching. So this could not, it couldn't get worse. And it got a heck of a lot better. We think. I mean, with this hire, with this hire, I, I'll say this. I'm not sure he can, you know, turn chicken bleep into chicken salad, but if somebody could, it's this guy. It's an incredible hire. I think it's one of those things where you're going to notice an immediate difference. I think you will too. Uh, quarterback Dexter Williams, uh, unfortunate, I think it's, I don't want to call it nasty, but not a great looking knee injury. He has had surgery. 
He's going to be back for the Hoosiers. The goal would be that he would start the season opener for Indiana starting in 2023. So that's good for Hoosier fans. Wide receiver DJ Matthews and defensive back Jalen Williams leaving Indiana. They're going to the NFL draft. DJ Matthews totally get. Transfer portal. This is one of the bigger losses yep. for a team to have. Linebacker Desan McCullough was a stud. He was we a, should have talked more about him on the podcast. We should have talked more about him. And he was not just a stud on the field. He was a stud as a recruit. So this is, you know, not it's not every day that Indiana gets a four-star recruit. He was one of them. Huge loss. Four-star recruit that looked like a four-star recruit. Correct. Going to Oklahoma, by the way. Special right. tight end, A.J. Barner, in the transfer portal. He's staying in conference, going to Michigan State. Hey, if if one I-school tight end transfer doesn't work out, try another I-school tight end transfer, right? <laughs> Uh, another one is wide receiver Ma, uh, Malachi Holt Bennett. I have not heard. Yeah, I think he is still floating around the teepee. All right. Well, with that name, name like that, I'm going to recommend Minnesota, young man, with that hyphenated last name. <laughs> That's great. You would fit it. You would fit in great there. All right, moving in. We're we're staying in the same state. We're going to go to Purdue. Holy cow, Jeff Brown. I'm tired. I'm never going to be surprised again. Yeah, that's what I that's what I take from yes. him going to Louisville. Well, that's re- actually your statement across all of college football forever. Yes, I'm never going to be surprised at any coaching move. If you're surprised on, it's not just coaching moves, moves from a co- a, a a quarterback, a coach, a whatever. Sure. Yeah. Oh, sure. That could happen. So, now with that being said, I mean Jeff Brom. The second Louisville came open, Jeff Brom's name was there. Yeah. So it's that, this isn't a this isn't a outside you know on left field take. But you didn't expect him to take it. I I, I can't say that's not that's true. Huh? I, I I was not convinced either way. Okay, so one of the things I like to look at, and this is goes against my argument, is coaches do not like adversity. They don't want hurdles. They want things to be as easy as possible for them personally. Everybody else. I don't think that's just Jermaine to coaches. I think that's most humans. Okay, but then they, they're going to – the second they want everything easy for them, they're going to tell their players how adversity makes them <laughs> such better human beings. Am I right? Dead on. Okay. Dead on. So they want the easiest path to victory. And I would, I would say <laughs> Louisville probably does have an easier path to victory in the ACC than Purdue does in the Big Ten. I, I don't think I'm, I'm – I'm, you know, sharing any information that's going to hurt anybody, but myself, you, and DS, a Purdue fan, uh, we shared our thoughts via DM with each other. Um, what I had said was, m- when it was still in limbo, what was going to happen with Brom like Tom? I'm going to miss the guy, by the way. I'm going to miss the guy on the podcast. I am too. Yep. And um, um, my thought was, I think he's trying. He's looking hard at his current roster. And then comparing it to the current situation at Louisville, it could be. It's a bit of a depleted roster. Okay, that's and they just figured out a way to get into the Big Ten championship in Indianapolis. Michigan was definitely the better team. Obviously, Brom is like, that's that's the best I can do. Okay, minutes. well, I can see that part of it. That this is the best I can do, but then. The, the part of it that I think is super important to coaches is being high profile. Being in the Big Ten is more high profile than being in the ACC, I I think. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Yes. But then also. Yes. yes. Okay. 
I agree with you, but this is where it gets interesting is people maybe don't know that Louisville actually has a pretty good NIL situation. Well, okay. So then you get down to another thing is how, how much is the administration going to allow you to win or going to help you to win? Louisville's known for being an administration that, that wants to win. Yes. As in, we will bend the rules to do what we have to do. To as win. in rules? Th- yeah. There's rules? Oh. Yeah. So, and I know Purdue is okay. not known. Okay. Now that, now that he's out of the Big Ten, I can, I can say what I want. Does that seem like uh, something that Jeff Brown would dislike? I think he would like a place that does not have rules. I think he would embrace it. Yeah. Long story short, I don't think uh, uh, Louisville and their lack of rules did not play into Brom going there. Yeah, and actually now that we're talking about it more, maybe I shouldn't have been so surprised. I, I, and it's, I mean, it was on the water. I mean, it's just, it's. But we haven't even talked about that's where he's from. Yes, it's a big, it's a big deal. Uh, speaking of Purdue, Aiden O'Connell will not play in the bowl. Payne Durham Ugh. will not play in the Ugh. bowl. Charlie Jones will not Ugh. play in the bowl. I mean, the second Brom left, they're just like, it was going to be one last gig that I the know. band was going to play right, together. Right, right, right. He's gone. Stuff. I mean, they're playing and they play LSU. I can already hear LSU and SEC fans like, this is the team. Yeah. That won Big Ten. No, it's not the team not. that won the Big Ten West. So. However, uh, there was then a positive that happened, which is a negative for another team, which obviously we'll get into. But Ryan Walters, ex-Illinois defensive coordinator, has been hired as the Purdue head coach. That's a big, as far as Big Ten hires go, it's a big one. A week ago, I would have been surprised. Not surprised at all by this. I mean, you saw his name uh, thrown out there. Right as the as it was open, and I was like, you know that that would make sense, but I just was like, I, it seemed to me, it was more of a hire that was interesting than plausible, but then it wound up being both. And I didn't think he Ryan Walters would actually get the job. I, yeah, I didn't think so either. So the the part that is surprising is, in their history, you look you go back, they have had success with offensive minded yes. head coaches, right? Not not saying they can't have a good offense because they have a defensive minded head coach, but it's just it's a little bit out of the norm. It almost seems like a marriage of convenience because he was the hot coordinator. He's right there. He's in the conference, knows the lay of the land, knows the recruiting a little bit in that area now. So it just kind of see he's there. He's okay, the hot so, name, so, so we're taking him. Somewhat recently, yeah. a uh, defensive minded coach from within the Big Ten was hired to be the head coach at Purdue. Okay. What was his name? Daryl Hazel. How did that work out for Purdue? I mean, that was that's Mount Rushmore of bad hires in the last, you know, 10, 20 okay. years. In, in the Big Ten. In the Big Ten. And I, I, I love the hire at the time. Right. So my apprehension to like this hire has Hazel-like <laughs> tendencies. So I'm it. not going to say I love the hire. I... I, I I what's our what's our Tom Fernelli quote? Okay, I think this is a good hire by Purdue. I have no idea if it's going to work out, but I'm, I don't know that it's a good I don't hire know by it's a good Purdue hire either. And I he don't has know no that. head coaching experience, correct? And he is, and he he just four years ago five. Where was he at? He was at Missouri. They did not want him there anymore. So they did not. They kind of shipped him out. I was a little apprehensive that Illinois took him because the way it sounded to me from the outside was. 
they were kind of just, it wasn't working out. They, they weren't meshing. He wasn't meshing with the staff. His his defenses were okay, but they weren't better than okay, and they just kind of wanted to move on. And then he caught fire at Illinois. So he's got this very small window of doing extremely well, but not as a head coach. From from Ryan Walter's point of view, you got to take this chat. Of course. Chat, okay. I, I, I'm, I am not making this a hard stance. I like or hate it. I, I, I am very apprehensive on trying to make a call. That's what I'm saying. I'll tell you this. I am going to be cheering for Purdue every time they're not playing Illinois. Because uh, you like, yeah, Ryan Walters. And I and want by him the way, to succeed. Another reason to cheer for Ryan Walters, walks in, meets the team, says Devin Mockaby, stand up, gives him a scholarship. Yeah. That was cool. Because Devin deserved it. Heard Illinois that day, too. Yeah. All right, moving on to Michigan. Um, not a lot of bad things happening for them. You want to know why? Because <laughs> they're 13-0. And typically, guys hang around. 13-0 programs that have a chance to win a national championship. Now, two guys that have left are quarterback Cade McNamara and tight end Eric All. But Cade McNamara obviously has been replaced at quarterback by J.J. McCarthy. Eric All was injured. We'll get into where they go for the next team. The positive news that they got was picking up linebacker Ernest Houseman. So we will get a chance <laughs> That's right. to, to give the Seinfeld got, reference. Got a great Ernest Houseman name. Alec yep. Berg. Big. Berg. Now, I do have uh, negative things to say about the whole thing once we get to Nebraska because, you know, it just kind of fits into the. But there's not much to talk about for Michigan. And I think as a Michigan fan, you're happy to hear that. Northwestern. This is not a big surprise, but offensive tackle Pete Saransky is gone. He's leaving. He's going pro. Right? I mean, that's... Yeah, he, gonna he's going to the NFL. Yeah, he's he's done. first-round pick. He was an All-American. 12, something like that. He was pretty big. He wasn't a big-time recruit, but it yeah. was a pretty big get yep. for Northwestern at the time. Illinois wanted him really bad from the Northern Burbs. Those guys love going to Northwestern. Just had a storybook career there. Okay. One of the, I mean, one of the best ever, probably, at Northwestern. Yep. Okay. A little overrated. Uh, I mean, I know I'm, I, I can, people, I, I people just, are putting him out like he's Orlando pace. No, no, no. He, he's not on are that they level. Not? I'm talking about one of the better, one of the best offensive dude, linemen. Dude, okay. Let me, let but, me, hold let on. me just say, let me just say, I, I was the one that made the bold statement. So I just want to say he's a, an amazing tackle. He's going to have a great NFL career. I'm just a little surprised on how many accolades he's getting as compared to what I believe I see on the TV screen. I mean, I guess they, they rate him as an A plus tackle. I, I would rate him as a 93% tackle, which is still amazing. Okay. I yeah. mean, he's an all American. How many all Americans has, has Northwestern had on the offensive line? It, very few, very few. Okay. Am I being crazy? Am I, I mean, okay. Is the bourbon seeping in or <laughs> I thought you were going to back. I thought you were going to back. No, I, up. I, Okay, I will. You said yourself he's a bit grabby. He is grabby. He gets away with. It. Yeah. No, I'm. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying he's an all freaking American. Okay. So you got to give him credit for that. Yes, I do. But maybe I'm just annoyed that the West Side Pirates don't ever follow me on Twitter. I don't know. Oh, maybe that's what shots it is. fired. And, and, and but like, I know he's extremely good. I'm just surprised at how highly like. I thought he would wind up being second team All American because, like, 
a Michigan guy and a Georgia guy would wind up being. I, I was surprised to see that he held on to first first team All American. Yeah, he he did seem to kind of get anointed preseason, and they just kept him there because kept him there. because he was anointed preseason. Yep, and because he's a great player and dude. He was still a good player. He he might be a little overrated. Wide receiver Malik Washington, cornerback AJ Hampton. So essentially, the three most accomplished Northwestern guys—they're gone. Boy, I tell you, things are not looking good in Evanston. Yep. Iowa. Speaking of not looking good, that we did not like to see this linebacker Justin Jacobs, who has now gone to Oregon. Because um, you know what you can't do at Iowa for sure is excel as a linebacker or <laughs> or cash or whatever. He's I guess he's playing the cash yeah. position, right? But those guys cash. never do well at Iowa. The Thank cash you for guys. That out. It's, yeah. I, I appreciate it hearing from you, the non-Iowa guy, so that I don't have to say it. But you know, um, I don't know what else Iowa could have done for him. Like he was on the field, he excelled when he was on the field. Yeah. The only reason he wasn't on this field on the field this year is because he got injured. And if I recall, but, he, but I just this is could be a recurrent theme once we get to well, actually right in the same team when you're injured. On a major college football team, it is like you are a second-class citizen. Sure. They somewhat tried, meaning they, the coaches and the medical staff, to keep you in the team, but you don't travel with them because you can't play, so you they don't want to take a roster spot up. You know, like, when they start breaking down film, you don't come up anymore. You Dude, start feeling when you're, like detached. When you're in line to get food, you're at the back of the line. The player, limping. the you're guys limping. that are playing. You're limping get, in. Yeah. It's tough. And people don't understand. There's nothing worse. The than psychological yeah. effect of that. Nope. Which then played into who we already talked about, Cade McNamara and Eric All, who have both committed to Iowa to come in to be the starting quarterback in a one-two punch at tight end. Their injuries at Michigan have, we'll see, but wind up could wind up being the benefit for Iowa. Be, that's how it goes. Like this is the TP. Situation. So back to Justin Jacobs, though, for a little bit here. Um, I don't know what's going on. Maybe there's something personal, but it's not like he's transferring closer to home either. It's from Ohio, if right. I recall. And he's yeah, going I mean, most out. Iowa fans thought he'd go to Ohio State. Right. Yeah. Strange. NIL. It's, it's, well, I am, I am confident to say NIL played into this. I heard there's a connection to some sporting goods manufacturer outfitter. And, at that school. I just want to say, I don't blame Justin Jacobs. Mm-mm. That's he, he just had his knee or, or whatever. got. sorry. I, I, he just had a major surgery. You do not know if that next level opportunity is going to present itself. If somebody drops a bag in front of you and says, if you come here, <laughs> I mean, it's it, a down payment for a house, especially if you're 19 years old. Yes. I'm just saying, <laughs> don't get mad. You know, don't hate the player, hate the game. It's, Correct. It's it's not necessarily Justin Jacobs' fault. Terry Roberts, also in the transfer portal. His is medically related. Iowa fans were hoping he would be there. That's where we're at. All right, moving on. Still in, staying in the Big Ten West again. Wisconsin. So Jim Leonhard. All AKA, I can think of is Marla Hooch. Yeah. Getting into the batter's yes, box. Yes. Out. By the way, into I've the... tried to find that gif. Oh, is it gone now? It's just never there. <sighs> In, out, in. It's such a great GIF, GIF, whatever. So I I thought Jimmy Leonard. He Marla hooched it. He did hooch it. <laughs> Thank you. So he's gone. He's now gone. Yeah. 
But we, and we erroneously reported on this podcast, not but this it, specific podcast. Although it, it was being reported, it was by by sources that were worth reporting. And I was surprised. Shouldn't have been. <laughs> no. <laughs> you got to take your own medicine, man. Uh, take your own advice. Um, anyways, Jim uh, Leonard will not stay with the Wisconsin football program. We thought he would. What I, some may, other... I might be a little happy about that. Well, we'll get your team's all the way down at the bottom, man. That's I didn't mean to do fine. it like that. It's just you didn't have it. There was nothing to report. No, there's not a whole lot going okay. on. So sticking with Wisconsin, they have hired offensive coordinator Phil Longo. He of the Air Raid, yeah, North Carolina, most recently. Um, this is there's two. Wait, were you surprised? Yes. I, I, I don't know if I'm down. I don't know. If I'm I might have been a little surprised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, not, you're not taking your advice at I'm all. I'm not. Okay. Now, I will say this. Um, shout out again to The Athletic. But I read an, an article by Jesse Temple, which is Wisconsin's writer for The Athletic. Yeah. He did a deep dive on Phil Longo. Okay. It was amazing. Okay. Because he's not he's not pure air raid. He's not pure air raid. No. But he, he, is, he is a jack of all trades die. Now, but with that being said, he likes to he likes to throw the ball. He likes to throw the ball. He runs the ball a little bit. He's let's see. He had um, uh, it, he was seventy third in rushing this year, and the previous three seasons was top fifty. So they do run the ball a little bit. It's yep. not like the Mike Leach air raid. Um, they do a lot of inside zone, from what I've seen. But they're always out of the shotgun. Yes, always out of the shotgun, and no pin and pull. So okay. that is a drastic change from the offensive line. So, okay. like, it is – I am just enthralled how this is going to look. Well, yeah. Immediate, because, like, we know Graham Mertz is 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 gone, which that's that's a transfer portal, quote-unquote, loss, along with Titus Toller. That's a, a, a defensive back. Nick Herbig, Keanu Benton, they're going to skip the bowl game. They're going on to the NFL. So long story short is, you know, the the a lot of the guys – that you have known for Wisconsin are gone. And and some Wisconsin fans will say that's what we need. Phil Longo does have the ability to figure out what the roster has to offer and bring out the best traits about it. But with that being said, um, North Carolina, Sam Houston state, like these aren't, these aren't weather areas and I don't right th- so I don't want to put too much emphasis in that well we play in the in the frozen tundra and blah 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 but like I do want to see this well but from what you just said he he's good at adjusting to what he has on the roster so hopefully we see some of that to me it's a little risky because the Badgers have played and done very well with a specific style. They're going way away from that. It is. And look, I know Badger fans wanted to go away from what they were you doing d- a little bit, but this do is, you think they're a little freaked out though. Yes. Yes. They're like, yes. What have I done? Right. <laughs> yes. Did I do that? If I could, if I could really, or you, if we could really sit down with some Badger fans, you know, and say, I know you wanted something more exciting, but this is like uh, uh, quarterback Jeremiah Briscoe, who was under Phil Longo, his quarterback uh, uh, under Phil Longo at Sam Houston State. He's like, it's all based off four verts mm. and how the defense reacts and how you can get stuff underneath it. And it's like, oh, man, <laughs> holy cow. <laughs> I, can't, I can't wait to see it, man. 
can't I, wait to see it. Well, that's the thing. I can't wait to see it too. And, and again, give me the. Uh, uh, I think it's a great hire by Wisconsin. I have no idea if it's going to work out. That is how I feel. I, I, and I've got another coordinator that I'm going to break down at a different Big Ten West school that I have the exact same feel. I'm not saying it's going to be good or bad. I just can't wait to see it. And shout out to Tom Fernelli again for yep. that. But Drake May, did you know their quarterback? Yep. Drake May led the UNC in rushing this year. And which is not good for the Big Ten, I believe. And he's not going to play in their bowl game or follow uh, Wisconsin to uh, or, or follow Longo to Wisconsin. And they also hired defensive coordinator Mike Tressel. But you well. know who may follow? Jacoby Criswell is a four star quarterback at North Carolina. Yep. He's visiting UW. Yep. Big, big visit. Yep. All right, staying in the Big Ten West on a team with the dominant color being red, Nebraska. They hire defensive coordinator Tony White. Um, I I believe this to be a good hire. Don't know if it's going to work out. Okay, this is as interesting to me as the Phil Longo hire. Tony White is a three three five disciple. Right again, Mitch Sherman, uh, the athletic. He was under Rocky Long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a Rocky disciple. Yes. Which is interesting. Blast from the past. So I just can't find examples of somebody coming into the Big Ten with a 335 and sticking with the 335. There are, like I have because there are no examples. <laughs> okay. And I feel like I have talked to it. This is this is like one of those funny Nebraska fan moments, okay? They I am I am convinced unequivocally wanted to move to a four three defense. Yeah, I can unequivocally. See that. And then uh, uh, Tony White gets hired, and they realize he's a three three five, and they just go silent. There you go. Same thing. Same thing as Wisconsin. What have we done? Oh my lord, we did that. <laughs> so like again, I don't know if it's going to work or not. I am just enthralled to see. What happens. By the way, completely changing the face of the Big Ten West right now. Mm-hmm. It's going to, I mean, it's like a PJ a, a, facelift. A forward offense in Wisconsin, and then more of a run-based Matt Rule offense. Yeah. Not not void of passing the ball, don't get me wrong. But then a 3-3-5 defense. Crazy. Getting Crazy. Some, getting little, little injections around the eyes there. And I do think Tony White is like a solid dude, you know, like he is a up and coming dude. So like Tony White, I get, I just can't wait to see Tony White schemes in the Big Ten. Well, in 2021, he was 19th in total defense and they saw immediate improvement when he showed up on Syracuse's campus. Yeah. So that's something. In the ACC. By by the way, did you know that Syracuse lost both coordinators within 12 hours? That's a tough one. That's a tough <laughs> Ouch, go. That's a tough go. Uh, also hired offensive coordinator Marcus Satterfield, uh, most recently at South Carolina. They put up some big numbers recently. And also very recently. With Matt Roll at Temple. But very recently. It was not good until like literally November. In right, if you go through the whole season, they were pretty average. Middle of the, of the SEC in scoring and then yardage. With Spencer Rattler. Um I don't know. I honestly like if if their quarterback stays, which we've not heard anything good or bad, one would assume he will stay. I think that's a good match. Right yeah, there. I think so too. But better than this past season. And I think it's somewhat similar to Kudhip, what we just saw, and they had some success. 
So it, it's some it's, success. It's not as it's not as risque or interesting to me, mostly because I just saw it last year. Um, uh, transfer portal, Masai Newsome, Jaden Gold, Ernest Hausman went to Michigan. I just want to say, I think I already said it on the last podcast. Ernest Hausman just he should he he should start at Nebraska and end at Nebraska. You know he's from Nebraska. I don't he's know. A, I don't know what was wrong. He 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 worked his way into the starting lineup as a true freshman, and they had him performing well. What more can the Nebraska football program do to? And they have an and they have nil money too. Sure, they do have that. Maybe he's just using it to be a stepping stone to a program he thinks is better. I don't like that. Is what I'm saying. Now, but, now, but now if Bernie Hausman would have went to Iowa, I would have liked it. So I want to call my right. own bullshit here. I'm just saying from the overall college football landscape. I hate I it. I hate it. But if he was from Louisiana, I, I I couldn't care less. He's a Nebraska kid. But you use jobs to get to better jobs. I use jobs to get to better jobs. He's that's what he's doing. I know. Don't that's hate the player. Job. Don't hate the player. I left my first job. Couldn't wait to get out of there. So would you call that uh, take hot or cold? <laughs> boy, boy. <laughs> because DeCold is Crawford. Sorry. <laughs> he was in the TP, back out of the TP. He's back in Nebraska now. He un TP. He TP. I hadn't seen that. Do you think he'll call up the, the heating and air conditioning place and be like... <laughs> Yo, sorry let's man. Get this back on. Sorry man. Uh, and then Camonte Grimes, another wide receiver, into the portal, back out. Wow. So like, is it kind of embarrassing when you go into the portal and you come back out <laughs> and it spits you right back out? They're like, nobody, nobody wanted me. I mean that that's... is that a pause? Or the people that wanted me was not as good as where I'm at now. And and at the same time, the coach are saying we still think you can contribute here. The fact that they were let back in would be a, 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 a nod to the coaches saying, you know, we but, want him, we still don't want him. But also not to him. They're not going to take it. If, if they don't think he's going to do well, yeah. get in that portal. We'll push That's what in. I just said. Okay. <laughs> oh, this is a good one. Is it? Is it? <laughs> we, better, we better wrap this up. I quick. know. All right. Michigan State uh, punter Bryce Berenger, unfortunately, going on to the NFL. Never like to see these punters leave. <laughs> um, wide receiver Jeremy Bernard, like he was on the line of four or five stars. He was high four star from yeah. my recollection. Not about on the line for five star, but he was in like maybe I don't know the top third of, of yeah. four star guys. This is a big recruit. So with Michigan State, the TP giveth and taketh right now. Michigan State fans are they're feeling a little bit weird right now. Is that not? I mean. It did so. The TP did so well for them. Yeah. The last year and a half, you know, not. It's almost like karma. Like they did too well. So now the the pendulum. Yeah. The world's got to catch up. Um, Because also defensive end Chase Carter, defensive line Jalen Hunt was a name that Mm. I think we mentioned. So like, and I don't know the current status of those guys, but could have untp'd. Yeah, they could have untp'd. But Michigan State is, you know, Mel Tucker needs to. This is a. This is a big year for Mel Tucker. It is. And TP is going to play in big on how 2023 is going to go. Both in, we can't lose guys we're, we're counting on. And they, I believe, not drastically, but 
a couple guys they need to get in to charge up the fan base. There was about it was about four months ago. The feeling with Mel Tucker was as high as you could get. Yep. And now, and and I, this is not crazy. If he doesn't do well next year, he's going to be on the hot seat. Absolutely. Moving into Rutgers, not much. Uh, wide receiver Shameen Jones. TP. I don't, we don't even that. know the status. I don't know why. Why would you do that? We don't know. He's been doing pretty well there. Yep. We don't know, but he's still not. We don't know where he's landed. Maryland, also not much. Wide receiver Isaiah Hazel, which was a big time recruit, and then they just lost crazy amount of guys, specifically from the front seven. They lost three or five guys from the front seven that were either higher recruits or guys that you thought that they were going to rely on next year, but now they're getting guys back into the transfer portal or recruits. So there is essentially right now amongst Maryland fans, a positive conspiracy theory, conspiracy theory where we let guys go because our guy locks right. has got a plan to get more talented guys in. I, I, if anyone can do it, it's locks. It's locks. And like, they're taking DMV recruits away from South Carolina. We'll see. Like, this story has not been written yet with, with Maryland. Interesting. Penn State, not much to report. Why? Because they are a young team that has had good talent. Yes, that's – or good uh, uh, results. Yes, that's right, Penn State fans. <laughs> At 10-2, and two, you with are your, having a good year. With your two losses being to Two miss, playoff teams. Two playoff teams, yeah. So, the only – person that they lost that I think a lot of Big Ten fans would know is quarterback Christian Villier. Villier. Um, but also not a big surprise. No, because right? he wasn't going to start next year. Yep. I mean, you'd like to have him as depth, but yep. at this point he wants to get out of there and play somewhere. They lost an edge guy, a couple guys here and there, but all, all things being told, Penn State is good. Minnesota, P.J. Flack signs a seven-year extension, $42 million. That, sir, is a lot of quarter zips. Wow. A lot of oars. A lot of, a lot of this. <laughs> what did you just do right there? A lot of, a lot of Botox injections there. <laughs> Anyways, long story short is, uh, sorry, Star Tribune, local Star Trib. PJ's oh, or or remain. are we? Because they seem to enjoy it. Because now they have something to shit talk about. Because well, that's yeah, the only thing they can do. They love shit talking. So that's the only thing they can do versus PJ in the Minnesota football program. And I think they enjoy shit talking PJ more than they ever did with Kill. Oh, definitely. Or There's no doubt about that. Yeah, but they they want to shit talk the Minnesota football program. PJ shovels it in for them from their point of view. This should be one of the best hires that they can. And by the way, this is our this is our nod to Minnesota Gopher fans that they're getting served a crap deal by their local media. We just want to make sure that's I mean, clear. It, it is. It is weird. The, the local media in Chicago does not like Illinois all that much. I've just never seen anything like it's this, crazy. what they do. And by the way, the, it, it's fuel like now, now it's, Oh, well he's making 6 million a year so they can crap on him even more. Mm-hmm. Match made in heaven. It is Uh running back coach and assistant coach, Kenny Burns. Uh, obviously a lot of running back success out of Minnesota going to Kent state as their head coach. It's just rare when you see a running back coach. Yeah, that is weird. Now he was assistant head coach. Yeah. But that's head coach, running back coach, head coach. That's rare. That's rarity. Well, it is a team named the golden flash. 
Yeah. So. Golden, golden. Well, I just mean, like, it, what are we talking about here? It's Kent State. <laughs> They're not taking things that seriously. No, they don't have the highest um, bar here. By the way, uh, Mo Ibrahim, happy to see, will play in the bowl game. Uh, can't wait to watch him uh, play again. Defensive end Austin Booker in the TP. Safety Michael Dixon in the TP. Again, some of these notes I've made, we don't even know where if they've TP'd in or out. All right, last but not least, the Illinois Fighting Illini. Not much to talk about for weeks. You lost some depth guys, I there, guess. Yeah, there's depth guys that uh, they weren't even really working their way up the depth chart. So they're deep depth guys, three of them that are gone. And then they've, they've also... Me. I was a deep depth guy. All right. Yeah. Like a super deep cut if you're listening. Like, <laughs> yeah, trying to impress friends. Got to hear this one, man. You're one of those. Oh, like, if you want to hear some good ween, listen to their shit before they hit it big on chocolate and cheese. Yeah. But then um, also not a whole lot coming in, but I fully expect them to be in the market for a quarterback. Okay. But we haven't heard that yet. No, nothing. You know, it'd be crazy if they, it, who came to Illinois, Virginia quarterback. Oh, that would be great. Wouldn't it? Hey, I could see it. I could see a that a little bit of familiarity. there. I mean, the actually. one that's been bandied about is Devin Leary. Okay. The NC state the guy. NC state. Oh, geez. Well, because his younger brothers in the quarterback room at Illinois. Dude. Yeah. So yeah. it's a possibility. Yeah. So even Mike Farrell said it's them and Mizzou, and I think maybe one other team is involved mm. right now. Well, well Mike Farrell said it. <laughs> that's a good point. Uh, but Notre Dame was thought to be involved, but I, according to Farrell, he doesn't think they are. So I don't know. Okay. Who All the right. hell knows? Speaking of possibilities, we know Ryan Walters has gone. Is Jimmy Leon Hart a candidate? Okay. We got a little Wisconsin... I'm not, I'm not going to lie. As soon as Walters was gone, that was my thought. And I know what everyone's going to say. Well, Illinois is not going to pay Leon hard. I don't, I didn't look up what he was making, but you know, Ryan Walters was making over a million dollars at Illinois. Okay. And, and by the way, point being, being, we can pay him. We can pay him. But here's the other thing. We talked about this in the previous cast. I feel like it would just be a rent to DC. Like he's just going to, Go somewhere. Okay, let's let's assume it's a rent of DC. How long? I mean, I I could see it being just one year. Okay, but if it's two, that would be amazing. <laughs> if it's one, it'd still be pretty good. <laughs> okay, dude, I think it could happen. I think I, it I could gotta, happen I gotta, too. I gotta, I gotta eat my and and, and the other thing. Can I, can, this is almost like right at the end here because we, we gotta wrap this up. But like. I could do a whole podcast on Leon Hart. Yeah, it's a whopper. Kurt is looking at the timer right now. Yeah. We knew it was going to be a whopper. Yeah, we did. It's basically a double. It's a we're staying on the music thing. It's a it's, it's a, a double album. It's a double album. Um, okay, Jimmy Leonard, all right, aka Leon Hart. He has only known success where he's gone. Okay, goes to Wisconsin as not a high recruit. And just turns himself into a, a the man. He was awesome was as a player, all oh American. Loved watching him. Right. Um, I, I know he wasn't a a stud at in the NFL, but like he but was on the roster. He was, he was on the. That's something. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then he comes to Wisconsin. Who was the defensive coordinator at Wisconsin when he's learning how to coach? Be- Dave Aranda. Oh, Aranda. Okay. Right. Okay. Dave Aranda turns that defense into a freaking bomb. And then he takes over for Dave Aranda, yeah. 
Now, the system was already in place, but I think he made it better. Oh, he made it better. Okay. All right. So, like, he got ushered into nice situations that, that he took advantage of. If he leaves Wisconsin and goes to the Packers, um, insert shitty SEC defense here, right? I, I don't know. And it's a a bad SEC defense that has used to been running a 4-3 that he now has to get brand new dudes yep. to buy into a 3-4 defense where guys have diff- completely different roles than they had in that 4-3 I'm just saying, people just think these things happen. That is a hard road to hoe for Jim Leonard. Okay, but do you think it would be an easy road if he went to Illinois, knowing that they're going to lose? Easier. Loot? Yeah, easier. You want to you make that work? Well, and there's the Wisconsin connection with Beetle, yeah. right? And, yeah. And look, Josh Whitman, the AD at how, Illinois. How, how about how about true freshmen, redshirt sophomores, guys that, that – Leon Hart has been recruiting at Wisconsin. They might switch to Illinois. Yeah. It is way more intriguing than I even would have thought it would have been. But also, Josh Whitman, he would be willing to do what it takes to get a guy like that. Yes, he would. Because he's shown. pay him. Yes, because he's shown that he can do that at this point. A A lot of Big Ten in between, in betwixt. That is very interesting there. Indeed. You are over-serving yourself, so we should probably... That was a joke. I meant, I meant we both are. Okay. Hey. Okay. Let, time? Yeah, let's, let's go ahead and wrap this I'm up. I'm Jeffrey the Greek. I'm Big Kurt. This has been the Eyes of Big Kurt podcast. We'll talk to you soon.